0: Welcome to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett and this is episode 7 of the podcast. Last week, Zane Knockby joined the show to discuss the future of Solomon Thomas, Alex Smith's career, and the Aaron Rodgers to the Niners rumors. But today we're going to react to the Los Angeles Rams new logo and uniform changes, the time the Niners decided to change their logo, and the fans revolted. And we're going to dive into the 49ers 2020 schedule announcement and give our predictions for the 2020 season. Joining us today covers the 49ers for the 4th and 9, Rick Yakavone, better known as Coach Yak. Let's talk about this Los Angeles Rams uh, change of uniform, change of logo. We've seen it over the last offseason. The NFL has kind of seen this trend of rebranding uniforms and, and, and redesigning uniforms seven teams so far have gone through some type of change whether it's the brown going the browns going back to kind of a more classic look for them which I do prefer Uh, the Colts introduced the new uh, c-shaped logo the Patriots have stripes on the shoulders now the Chargers kind of went with the throwback look with the bolt and number on the helmet I love their jerseys Uh, the Bucks went back to the pewter which was worn in the John Gruden era when they beat the Raiders uh, in 2002 and the Falcons also went in a different direction with the all-whites, the all-blacks, all and even a gradient uh, in the middle of the jersey. But let's talk about the real reason why we are discussing uh, these rebrands and these redesigns, and that's the LA Rams new logo and new jerseys. Uh, not only has their stadium gone uh, around $6 million over budget, uh, but the fans uh, did not care, for to say the least, did not care uh, for their new jerseys, and so I, I definitely want to ask you here is that uh, one before we get into the Rams. What was your favorite rebrand slash redesign of the off season so far?
1: Uh, for me, I would say the Chargers. They're my top of the list. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Rams. I just I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. With you know, you have multiple looks for the Chargers. I just think it looks much more clean. But, I mean, that's my top one. I'm not a fan, to be honest with you, with um Tampa Bays either. I don't like theirs. But back to the Rams, me personally, not just because, you know, they're a rival and it's a team that, you know, I'm not a fan of. But just look at, look at that. I mean, if you look at what's going to go on their helmet, tell me what that Ram looks like. Tell me that design, how that looks. And it's. It doesn't. It doesn't look good. I don't. I don't like it. I don't know. I think they could have came up with something better. You know. I know the fans aren't a fan of it over there either. But then again, I mean, do their fans really have a say? They don't even show up to their home games.
0: You know. To be <laughs> know, honest with you, I know a uh, Rams legend, Eric Dickerson, had. Uh, he's been the most vocal, I think, former player uh, about the Rams logo, and he said it looks like two bananas on the helmet, which I think when when your hall of fame running back is uh, not approving or disapproves of your of your new logo and you know to me it looks like they went entirely in the Los Angeles direction they went for the urban outfitters look with the name tag on the side of the the shoulder to kind of i guess maybe show c- uncommon fans to the game what team they actually play for it, it's a weird look uh, even their even their white jerseys are considered bone uh, it's a bone color and to me, when I look at other jerseys like what the Patriots have had in the past or you know what what the Colts have or even the Niners have in their alt-whites, like those are the cleanest jerseys, I think, when you look at alt-whites. Even the Saints, uh, their uh, their color rush alt-whites are, to me, perfection. And when you go with bone, I really feel like it's just being different for a different sake. And when I look at it, I go, I don't want to have to look at that when San Francisco plays the the Rams twice a season. And it's like, I really wish they could just use the throwbacks again, but what did you make of Eric Dickerson's words as calling the, the logo the, the the two horns, the two bananas, and the team looks soft in the new jerseys?
1: He's right in a way, but you know, going back to what you said in regards to the bone white, that it doesn't pop. You know, you could have had a bright white, but a bone white is really—it's—it doesn't pop. I mean. You know, you got some of these jerseys that they like to wear. These color rush that pop on TV. Bone White, like you said, it's not. It's it's just not going to be there. Um, Dickerson's on. He's he's being politically correct. Guarantee you, if you heard him off off record, he'd have a little bit more to say about it. But he's right.
0: I mean, I like what the Rams had. I I love the 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 white horns on the helmet, which is even you know even a throwback in itself. But uh, moving on from this this horrible Rams, uh, I guess, rebrand or, or retooling for their new stadium and with, the, with these New Jerseys, but let's flash back to 1991. The Niners, you know, are, are, are in the midst of kind of their two decades of dominance or, or 15 years of dominance in the NFL where they, where they totaled their five Super Bowl wins from uh, the 80s to 1994. Uh, Eddie DiBartolo and head coach George Seifert, they wanted to introduce something new. Uh, something fresh to this Niners team. And instead of keeping the the SF logo we all know and love, uh, the new logo they created, which is actually, and ironically, the logo for our podcast, uh, is just the word 49ers spelled out in white letters with a black and red outline. I love that logo, not on a helmet that's gold, but I do love that logo. Fans hated it. I really think if you put that logo in today's time with Twitter... I think it would be heralded as arguably the worst rebrand, worst new logo uh, probably of all time. Uh, luckily, it didn't last long. The, the, the Niners and Bartolo and Seifert just said, okay, you guys are mad. We get it. Uh, you know, they, We're done. It lasted one day. They said, we messed up. This was wrong. <laughs> we're going to go back to what you guys love. And Even some fans said that if they're willing to change the, the classic SF logo, what's next? Are they going to move to San Jose, which I guess when you look at it now, they're in Santa Clara, which is technically closer to San Jose than San Francisco. So I guess that, that prediction kind of came half right. Uh, but I want to ask you, what do you make of uh, the Niners in 1991 in the midst of their you know decade-and-a-half dominance of the NFL uh, trying to make something new, trying to change uh, what worked in a classic logo?
1: You know, I'm not a fan of it looking at it. At the end of the day, you got one of the greatest sports organizations in all the sports. All right. You got a team that's rolling off Super Bowl win after Super Bowl win. And they come off with this logo. And like you said, they squashed it in a day. I, there's, I mean, why, why mess with what works? There was no complaints. You try to change this. And I'll tell you right now, it's a good thing that when they did roll this out, it was in 1991. You know, Instagram and Twitter, the fans would have would have went ballistic. Back in 91, how were they reaching out? For the most part, it was through letters, phone calls, but it would have been so much more of a circus. But give them credit. They listened to the fans. They had the voice, and they squashed it. Not a fan of it, but again... If it doesn't look ugly in the first place, why why are we going to go ahead and make that change?
0: Yeah, it's weird to think of that. You know, I kind of hearken back, and obviously maybe I have some bias here being a Niners fan, but when I look at the Niners logo, I think of that's a classic NFL look. That is a classic, uh, premier, pristine, elite NFL franchise with one of the best logos, whether it was the 1994 look or in the 80s or even now. I love their jerseys now, and you, you talked about how it's classic. Why change what's there? I kind of e- equal it to maybe not as the same level, but near the Cowboys look. The Cowboys look while they have had small changes here with alternate jerseys. That Cowboys star has always remained what it is, and for various reasons, they're obviously the most. They obviously are worth the most according to the Forbes list. I think it's five billion dollars. And Jerry Jones is obviously you know the not the best owner, but obviously the the top owner in the NFL. But uh, and you even spoke about how. Uh, how fans are reaching out and thank God this wasn't in the Instagram and Twitter era but uh, the PR assistant Al Barba said that you know his famous quote is the phones are ringing off the hook and the fans don't like it uh, which 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 led to DiBartola the next day apologizing saying we're sorry uh, we definitely messed up we're going to listen to you guys and not change what works but I want to bring it back to today with all the new jerseys, the seven rebrands, seven redesigns we've seen this year, and the multiple uh, color rush jerseys that they're wearing throughout the season, the Niners brought in the Alt-Whites last season, which were a big hit with the fans, a big hit overall. Is there a jersey that the Niners have worn, whether it was from their inception uh, up to now, that you would like to see them bring back?
1: You just hit it right on the head, 94. Those jerseys are clean. They look you bring them back now, and the fans love it. You know, I don't know if you watched it on TV yesterday. They had, they had the NFC Championship game against the Cowboys on yesterday. Just looking at it then, and even in the mud, still looked really, really good. If you brought back the 94 jerseys, the home's going to get red, white, and all white for the away games. That's, I'll tell you right now, they would, they would still have the best-looking jerseys in the league. They really would. And that's not a bad idea. I guarantee you. I don't know if they're going to roll it out, but if they did, you, I would say a large portion of the fan base would be excited and be all in off work.
0: I think they would pair well with the, the alt-white 94s they have. Now it would be an easy counterpart to the whites are for away, the homes are for you know those, those Sunday night games or whenever they can wear them, obviously. Uh, but even then, you know, to me, I think, you know, if the Niners could, this would not happen, but if the Niners could finally be the home team in a Super Bowl, it'd be great to wear the jersey you wore the last time you won a Super Bowl, uh, that being 1990, uh, 1994 against the Chargers. And so, you know, I also want to ask you, my favorite was probably either 94 Red or the early 2000s uh, that T.O. wore and Steve Young and Garcia wore. But I want to ask you, uh, what would be the last logo you would ever, or last uniform, you'd ever want the Niners to bring back?
1: I would say in the early to mid-80s, I wouldn't want them to bring it back. I just don't like how it's just, I'm talking about when it's all, when they're all red and just look plain. I don't know. It didn't have that darkish red to it. It almost looked a little bit brighter. I mean, if I'm looking at everything like this, I know fans were in. We're all for the all black. That's another thing that I'm looking at that I'm just like, doesn't stand out. I don't know. I don't need the all black. And I, and, and again, I'm probably in the minority on that one there. I'm sure most fans like the all black. But the further we get away, the further the jerseys to me is nothing great, 70s. But most recent would be the all black.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely not a fan of the all-black. I know when they came out, everybody was saying, these are so different, they're so cool, the Niners are finally having a black jersey. And, you know, besides the all-black, which I definitely do not like, (laughs) but I think that the Harbaugh era, Red, that was kind of a throwback to what they were wearing uh, kind of during their dynasty years, the Montana, the Rice, the John Taylor, we all know the guys there. But I, when I look back, the, the fact that Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Frank Gore... Vernon Davis, Justin Smith, Patrick Willis. Like, the fact that those premier talented guys had to wear, to me, what looked like knockoff uh, throwback jerseys, it, it kind of makes my eyes hurt. And, you know, obviously, you know, those teams were great, but that those hardball era Reds just really threw me off. Uh, but I want to ask you one last question. Maybe we're going to dive right into this Niners 2020 schedule. Do you think that we will ever see that 1991 infamous Niners logo ever again somewhere uh, on Niners logos, Niners jerseys, Niners helmets, Niners branding ever in the rest of their history.
1: Definitely not while we, you and I are alive. <laughs> Just like you said about Dallas, the, the star. They're not going to change it. Storied organizations like that, you keep, you keep the symbol. You keep what you have. You have Super Bowls under these symbols. Why are we going to start changing them? I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan for it. I don't, and again, we're not going to be alive to see that down. I can't say what's going to happen, you know, past us, but I don't see it ever happening.
0: I think I'd be in the same, uh, the same group as you saying, please, when my kids and grandkids. Hopefully, are here to see the Niners play. Please don't open them up to that hideous logo ever again. But let's jump right into this Niners 2020 schedule. This is what we're all here for. Uh, USA Today, they released uh, what they think the the final records of the NFC West will be, going from bottom to top. Rams finishing six and ten. The Cardinals seven and nine. They'll make the biggest jump. For this season, the Seahawks regressing to nine and seven and the Niners regressing one game to 12 and four. And before we break down uh, the majority of these games and get into week by week play, does that, do those standings in the order and even the records sound right to you?
1: In regards to the order, I could see that. I mean, I like what Arizona's done. They're definitely not going to, they're definitely not going to win just seven games. They're going to win minimum nine games, minimum, at the minimum. Uh, Rams, yeah, they're, they're going downhill. There's they're, there's nothing there. I can see them. They're on point about that with six six wins. Seattle, though, no, no, they're going to win more than that. As long as Wilson's on that field for that team, they're going to win more than that. Um, and for the 49ers, I flipped up a tweet back when they released schedules and I had it at 12 and four. And I'll tell you right now, I had a lot of, a lot of feedback under that tweet. And, and I would say majority had it at 13 wins. You had a couple and I don't agree a hundred percent of what, you know, what they were saying, 14 wins. Listen, this is the NFL. You know how hard it is to stay healthy. You looked at what happened to the 49ers for years, leading up to last year, with the injuries, we were decimated. All it takes, and I don't want to say, but in Jenkson, but all it takes is a cut, one or two key injuries. We didn't. We were very fortunate. While we had some injuries in our interior defensive line, you know, we we got banged up and we lost a few guys, and then we lost Ford for a handful of games. You know, we lost Quan, so we were banged up, but we did not lose key players. If, if we're taking health out of, the, out of the entire scenario, the 49ers are going to win at least 12 games. At best, 13. Their their division is a meat grinder. I have them down losing two games against division teams. I just, you got Seattle twice and you got Arizona twice. And I'll tell you, you watched them last year, you watched Arizona before they made these changes in the offseason. And they technically should have won in Santa Clara. You know, they just blew it, and they, and we came and took it. We I don't want to say they blew it, but we we took the game at the end. But that was very winnable for them, and they should have came out on top of that game. Seattle's another one we should have won. The the, the role should have been reversed when we played Seattle last year. We should have won at home and lost week seventeen. Um, the Rams Rams was a tough game. And we could have easily lost the game in Santa Clara. You know, what a lot of people got to understand is, you know, you start throwing out 13 wins or some that were saying 14 wins. We've got a tough schedule. We're going to go over that shortly. So I'll just leave it at that. But I mean, their projections, I mean, they got they probably have the placing right, but definitely not the records right.
0: Yeah, I think the one thing Niner fans uh, maybe overlook is, is how lucky San Francisco got in a lot of games last season. You mentioned that Cardinals game in Santa Clara. Uh, the Cardinals also played them tough on Halloween night. Obviously, the Niner's had a commanding lead going into the final minutes of that game. But that Saints game, the likelihood George Kittle makes a game-winning, plus the penalty that comes in, game-winning play, uh, setting up a, a game-winning field goal it was like 4th and 10, 4th and six. Like, the Niners were on the last play of the game, uh, possibly for them. In my opinion, there's a little luck that goes into that. Look at the Rams game, converting two two third and 15s in a row. That has a lot of luck to be involved in. Obviously, there's blown coverage in those games as well, but you know, the likelihood that happens again is slim to none. Uh, you said the Cardinals game, the Cardinals game at home, the likelihood that the Niners can get the ball back and hold Arizona to not scoring at least a field goal uh, and, and getting the extra fumble and Jimmy G bouncing back from the INT. Uh, and that even harkens back to what John Lynch said about Jimmy G, despite being, in his opinion, one of the the elite arm talents in the NFL, he has to limit the INTs. He has to limit the turnovers. And t- to me, my mind goes to that Steelers game, where that game shouldn't have been as close as it was, despite how well Pittsburgh played uh, in the absence of Ben Roethlisberger but we talked about the Cardinals already a lot or at least you have so let's jump right in to week one September 13th opening night at home Levi Stadium the Niners face the Arizona Cardinals they brought in DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre Campbell's now on defense Larry Fitzgerald's still there Kyler Murray Cliff Kingsbury in year two Kenyon Drake still in the backfield Isaiah Simmons is a linebacker safety hybrid was their first overall pick in my opinion Like you said, too, they're going to split one of these games with the Cardinals. The Cardinals have done so much this offseason to improve. And and I believe Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, they're going to learn from their mistakes in year two. Uh, But at home, week one, I think both teams have so much to prove. The Cardinals are going to try to prove that, hey, we are arrived, we are here, and we're going for the top dog, that being San Francisco. In the Niners' case... They have to prove that 2019 wasn't a fluke. I know a lot of people don't think it's a fluke and they're picking them to win the division still. But they still have to prove that to some people. And they also want to start this hashtag quote-unquote revenge tour on the right foot. If you're the Niners, you cannot start out 0-1 on your quote-unquote revenge tour. Uh, So I would give the edge to Kyle Shanahan at least in week one. But then in Arizona, I think they lose to the Cardinals late in the season. Is that what you have going into week one?
1: I do. I have them winning that game. It's going to be tight. Definitely go either way. You know, we're this – is, this is what a lot of people don't understand, too. Before we go into these, you know, and I, everybody's just guilty of throwing out predictions and all that, we have yet to see what Kinlaw can do. I'm a fan of him. He's huge. He's strong. And he's going. I believe he's going to decimate the A's and B's depending if they're going to go in to a 44 with him and which I believe they will. Another thing is we're going to get heard back and we're going to get Taylor back. We got to see, I mean, Trent Williams hasn't played in a year. We're going to get him now at tackle. So we're all assuming everything's working out positive. Herd's going to be a stud, just like Debo. It's going to take him a while to, to get used to the NFL, but I believe he's going to turn it on. But if everything's working out, and Trent Taylor is able to beat Jimmy's security blanket on third down, and he's able to come off five foot surgeries and do well for the team. If everything's planned out as is, yes, I, I mean, I see us beating Arizona and rolling into New Jersey against the Jets. So that's a big game for us. Last year, it sounded kind of crazy before the season, I predicted the team to win nine games, no more than 10, I said. And I said, week one was a must-win. People were like, what do you mean it's a must-win? I said, it's a must-win. You have to go into Tampa Bay, get that win, because if we get that win there, we're going to start off 2-0 real quick by beating Cincinnati right after. And in my eyes, this Arizona games is another game here, even though this is an entirely different team that we're looking at rolling into the 2020 season than we were at 2019. In my eyes, it's a a must-win due to the back end and the middle of the schedule, that's tough. we got to land minimum six games out of the first eight, or it's going to be tough for the second half of the season to get that division and get a top seed.
0: In the NFL, they say, and this is in most sports, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, but I think a lot of teams we've seen over history are testament to Sometimes it definitely can be how you start, that being last year's 49ers. You start out 8-0, uh, you, you lose to Seattle in the middle of the middle of the season, then you go on the rest of the season and lose a few more games. But that beginning stretch became the building blocks as to what this team was, as, as to give younger players confidence, to give Jimmy G confidence off that horrible preseason game in Denver where the media lambasted him uh, for what seemed like until about wow, Week 5. And so I really believe and I agree with you here that the Niners have to start this season uh, at least 6-2, and 7-1 and one, to kind of say, look, we're going to start exactly where we left off last season. Obviously, that not being the Super Bowl loss, but that being the run we went on in the playoffs, dominating Minnesota, dominating Green Bay. But with that said, let's get into week two and three. They're facing the Jets and Giants. They're likely going to stay on the East Coast during that two-week period to eliminate travel. I do believe the Jets are a tougher foe than people are giving them credit for. I know they didn't do a lot in the offseason, but they did add a plenty of secondary help. Added Denzel Mims uh, for Sam Darnold. They also added Frank Gore. So playing Frank Gore will be a little interesting seeing him in a Jet jersey. Uh, but these two games here, I, I really don't think that These are games that San Francisco walks into and says, oh, you know, we have to come in and play nonchalant. I I really see that this team, who was 3-1 last year on the East Coast, uh, the only loss being to Baltimore late in the year, I I really think if the Niners can win the first game against Arizona, uh, they're going to start this year 3-0 against the Jets and Giants. They're just a better team, a better roster, a better coach, pretty much all the way around than both New York squads.
1: I agree. I got them. Uh, That's why it's so important week one, because we're going to roll into New Jersey and play the Jets and then the Giants and beat them to start off 3-0. That's another thing, too. Right now, coming into the season, Arizona is known as, you know, a team that's on the up and up. You got to beat them early to, to basically put them in their place. Because guess what? After Arizona plays us, they got Washington, they got Detroit, they got Carolina, and they got the Jets. And you know what? That first week is huge because they can easily roll off four wins in a row after week one. That's why it's very important to set the tone, let them know that, yeah, you're only up enough, up, but you're still behind us. So that's why it's important we win week one to get that momentum going to week two and three to roll off a couple of wins back-to-back back in, New- in New Jersey, like I said. So if we can start off three and three and zero going in back to Santa Clara and That's critical. It's critical just due to the strength of schedule and who we're playing middle and to the back end of the season.
0: Yeah, San Francisco has the toughest schedule in the NFC, and like you said, you know, you you don't want to play from behind to Arizona or even Seattle. We know how hard it is to be two games behind in the division, or even one game, how hard it is to make up uh, a game. Like, things that happened to Seattle like last season where they beat us at home and then eventually tied us for the division, those things rarely happen where a team can fight back uh, and eventually overtake a team who's 7-1 and one, or 8-1 and one at the time. And so going into Week 4, it's Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. I think this will be the toughest opponent uh, San Francisco plays until Week 7 or 8, depending on how... New England is playing, obviously Brady's gone, but Philadelphia is three years removed from a Super Bowl victory against the Patriots. They brought in Darius Slay to help solidify that secondary group, although it's still kind of weak when you're getting into the depth positions like safety. Malcolm Jenkins is no longer there. Uh, Then Jalen Rager is now on the offense. The receiving core still isn't there. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is kind of, you know, is he healthy, is he not? I think this matchup comes down to can San Francisco's receivers... Uh, overtake or outplay Philadelphia's defensive backs. Uh, Philadelphia's defensive line, Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, plenty of other guys to go over there, they're going to be able, I think, to stop this run. That doesn't mean they're going to completely remove it from the game, but I do think it can limit it enough to have to put the ball in Jimmy G's hands. And we saw what Philadelphia did to Aaron Rodgers last season. They beat them early in prime time. Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, they, they can easily outplay I think any team in prime time despite not having the talent San Francisco has. And with that receiver and D B matchup, that might leave George Kittle open to be the X factor in this game because I have no idea out of Philadelphia's entire defense who was going to guard George Kittle. And this may be the game that we see George Kittle just entirely take over and and outplay his counterpart on Philadelphia's offense, that being Zach Ertz. Does that sound like the mindset or possibly the architectural structure they're going to go into that Sunday night game with?
1: Definitely. They might not line up a linebacker on Kittle, and I wouldn't. If I'm playing Kittle, I'm not putting a linebacker on him. I'll stick a corner on him. You know, I mean, and they might do that, but like you said about Wentz, he's you know, they're he's he's really good. He's that entire team, they're stacked. They're they're gonna give Dallas a run for their money. I could you know, that's a coin toss over there in the East. Miles Sanders, a rookie from last year, was phenomenal. And I don't see him slowing down. They got a nice run in themselves. Like you said, the weakness is the receivers. You know, I know they've added Goodwin. We don't really know what to expect out of these rookies if Rieger's really gonna step on step in week four and be a star or be a a really good player at that time. We don't know. Sometimes some players take a little bit longer than others. So we have them in the right part of the season. Eagles, they're really going to be a tough game and I don't, I'm not so sure most 49er fans see it the same way. They see this as a win and I do, I do see it as a win, but I just see this game coming down to the end. I could see this game easily being a, a 27-24 kind of game. This is definitely not going to be a pushover opponent. And, like, I mean, I could easily see the Eagles coming to Santa Clara come playoff time. They're one of those teams that can easily win 11 games, possibly 12, if they take care of business in their division. Living over here right outside the Philadelphia area, you know, I'm going to hear a lot of, a lot of trash talk from the fans so it's definitely going to be exciting.
0: Don't think Philadelphia fans are ever going to go easy on the trash talk even with if, if even if it's their own team making uh, the rounds of playing bad football but jumping to week 5 and 6 Niners are 4-0 our oh, RIs going into those games they got the Dolphins and the Rams these are two games that I think both teams are a little underrated Uh, We we know the Dolphins added Tua and had a really good draft and even had a good offseason, bringing in Byron Jones and uh, Kyle Van Noy from New England and kind of are building that defense up. Shaq Lawson from Buffalo, uh, even Jordan Howard's there now in the running game. But looking at the Rams, they lost a ton of talent. Todd Gurley's gone, Dante Fowler's gone, brought in Leonard Floyd, uh, Jalen Ramsey's still there, uh, and they have a lot of questions. Both games, I think, are going to be tougher than people think they will be, but to me it looks like these this week 5 and 6 game should be uh two games they run into week 7 through 11 going 6 and 0.
1: You're right. You're on point with that. Listen, it's hard to go roll off 6 and 0 at any stretch of any schedule. So, if we are fortunate enough to be 6 and 0 through the first 6, then that's then we're in great position to land a top one or two seed obviously. Let's just sit there and say we're either going to be 6 and 0 or 5 and 1 at worst. That's about right. I don't, you know, going into that New England game, that's that's basically where I see us at.
0: Yeah, I think it all depends on how New England is playing. Who Who is going to be their quarterback come week seven? Is it Jared Stidham still, that team? And even Bill Belichick obviously believe in him enough uh, to have not signed a quarterback yet, to have not gone after Andy Dalton or, or Jameis Winston or whoever it was on the market they may have been targeting. Uh, but that Week 7 game, let's say the Niners are, you know, in best case scenario, they're 6-0. and uh, They're going to go to New England, Jimmy Garoppolo's return uh, to the place that drafted him to the place where he sat behind Tom Brady for a few years. I, I think this game, to me, this looks like two, two of the greatest minds in the NFL. Unfortunately, one of them doesn't have the talent on offense to, I think, uh, exploit Shanahan's defense but I could be entirely wrong. stadium could come out and explode on the scene. But to me, if the Niners are five and one or six, zero going into week seven, that new England game is another game. I think you can check off and say that should be a win for the Niners.
1: And you're right. I see that as a win, but that's another game right there that, you know what new England, you know, I know their defense wore down as the season went on last year. They still were, you know, the top ranked team de- defense. And I, you know, they're going to lean heavy on their defense this year. But like you said, they have a, a genius for an offensive coordinator. So they're going to find a way to create points on that side of the ball. So It's tough to go in into New England and win. But we're a team that's young. we got a lot of leaders going in there. we got a, a brilliant offensive mind. And Kyle, I see us coming out on top. I could see more like a 24-14 kind of game.
0: Yeah, it seems like that game will be a team where New England's in it until something gives way late into the third or even the fourth quarter where they they battle tough uh, throughout the entire game. Uh, But then that means Week 8, they're playing Seattle. You said last season that we should have won that first game against Seattle and then we should have lost in Week 17. Heck, we almost lost in Week 17 if not for a great green Lost tackle at the one-yard line. This is where I think the Niners are... I don't want to say guaranteed to lose because that kind of says I have no faith in this team, but this feels like that one game on the schedule where you circle it and you go, you know, this might be one of those games where you give them, you know, an 80% chance to lose this game. Uh, the Niners uh, with Jimmy as quarterback, they are one and zero in Seattle as far as I'm aware of. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, as long as they're in Seattle, like you said, they're going to be a tough play. And, to me, if the Niners fall to 7-1 and lose and lose a divisional game to Seattle uh, going into Week 9 versus the Packers, I think they're in a perfect place in that division. We, we lost our hardest game of the year on the road after having to go to New England, which is on the entire opposite side of the country.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, it's going to be tough going to Seattle. It always has been, obviously, for us. You know, we could easily lose that game right there. It's just whether we're 7-1... and at worst six and two in the first half of the season. If put it this way, if we're six and two, so we're gonna be a twelve and fourteen and that's where I see us landing. So I could see us losing that game in Seattle. We're we're gonna split with I believe we're gonna split with Seattle and that, if, if anything, I think we'd lose the one there. Now it's hard to say, you know, our last game of the season just because if anybody's resting starters, how seedings going and so forth, but we're all playing at full strength. Everybody's healthy and we're playing everybody. Then I can see us, you know, losing that first game and see how win this back end. But if we're if we get through the first half of schedule at seven and one, then we're well on our way to a um one or two seed and thirteen and three.
0: They have Green Bay next. I really do believe that the Packers found maybe not a weakness, but something they can try to exploit that the Chiefs exploited in the Super Bowl, that being a speedy receiver or a great route runner against Richard Sherman. Uh, I know people are going to say, well, Sherman picked off Rodgers when they were covering Devontae Adams to secure that win in the NFC title game, but there was a go route where Devontae Adams just ran right past him. Uh, And and I do think that despite not adding a receiver in the draft or even in free agency besides Devin Funchess, who was unproven uh, up to this point in his career, that this game against the Packers is going to be a little tougher than uh, previous games have been. Obviously, they're not going to win by 20-plus points anymore, in my opinion. Uh, but I also believe Kyle Shanahan has Matt LaFleur's number. To me, it's kind of like that big brother relationship where you know, Kyle Shanahan's been doing this longer, uh, has had much more success. And that's not a knock on the floor; He has plenty of upside. But it just seems like he, Shanahan's going to be that foil for LaFleur at the top of the NFC, Uh, for hopefully a really long time. Then they have a bye week after Green Bay, going into New Orleans, going to play their former receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. And to me, this is once again a battle of two top NFC teams. Uh, I I really don't think New Orleans is going to take a step back. They brought back their entire team and added plenty of talent on the O-line. And even the defense, bringing Malcolm Jenkins back and adding Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Looking back, I know D Ford and Jaquistie Tart got hurt Uh, or or were hurt for those games and you know if i'm being honest here just like we talked about earlier about the niners getting lucky at a few times I, i do think that saints game was one of the games where they got lucky not only in that final play of the game where kill put the team on his back and got the penalty and set up the game winning kick but also you know jared cook had two touchdowns in that first quarter and the niners were down 14 to nothing and you know, so it's to me if Jared Cook doesn't get hurt in that game, which he eventually did, without Jaquiski Tart, the Niners lose that game because Marcel Harris wasn't covering Cook very well, uh, and Cook was just laying down Niners defenders left and right for touchdowns and big yards. So, to me, I think New Orleans is another game you circle again and go. They have an eighty percent chance to lose again because most teams don't go to New Orleans after a tough battle against Green Bay, despite having the bye week and winning.
1: Yeah, I see us beating Green Bay. Um, The only thing stopping that from being a blowout is the short week. Um, So I see us beating Green Bay and then rolling into New Orleans. And that's a tough game. I wouldn't give us just a 20% chance. I think it would be more of a 40% chance or so. I mean, it's tough to win in New Orleans. Like you said, we came out at last year. We had a couple of breaks go our way to get that win on the last second field goal. So uh, New Orleans definitely did not get worse. They got a little bit better, and you know what? I mean, we're going to have to put pressure on Breeze. We didn't get to him last year. If we're not going to get to him this year, he's going to pick us apart again. So it's important to see if Ken Law can be the rookie that I expect him to be, if we can stay healthy with Ford, if he can actually be on the field for that game. Quan's another one. Is he going to be there? You know, I mean, so we're going to see D.J. Jones. We need that D-line, we need that linebacker speed to match them. I think it'll be a tough game, but if we're, if we're rolling out our second loss at New Orleans, that now changes the course of the one seed, unless Tampa Bay is better than 10 or 11 wins that I think they will be, who's going to need to slap New Orleans around at least once. That's going to be a playoff game right there for us. It'll, it's definitely going to be... I could see that being a 34-30, 34-31 30, kind of game, something like that. It's going to be a shootout. We're not going to we're not going to just shut down Drew Brees. I don't see that happening. He still has gas left in the tank.
0: It will be very fitting for that game to not only be for the number one seed in the NFC, but also it be even more fitting if Tom Brady can help out his former backup quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo and knock around Drew Brees a little bit. But let's run through Week 12, Uh, and 13 really quick here. I I think that Rams game, yeah, Sean McVay, he's a really smart offensive coordinator, really smart offensive guy, uh, and and I think he will adapt to the Niners in Week 12 and what they're going to do. He did it last season and almost beat San Francisco. Obviously has a little less talent now, like we already mentioned, but I I do think Week 12, they're in Los Angeles. Uh, The Niners get that win, but I do want to look at Week 13. That seems like the game that has a very Atlanta feel to it. I think this game, Bills have a top 10 offense. The Niners have struggled against mobile quarterbacks in the past. Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback. Uh, And to me, this seems like one of the games where SF should win based on talent alone. But I could easily see them losing to the Bills in Week 13. They can target on the inaccuracies, and it depends on how well the pass rush can get to Allen because I do think he's more apt to hold on to the football but to me this week 13 game after a divisional game against the Rams shouldn't be taken that lightly considering how good the bills I think aren't even underrated this season
1: yeah I've told several people on Twitter don't sleep on Buffalo their defense is stacked you got a mobile quarterback like you said Uh, they're going to be a tough game right there but put it this way if we lose at new orleans if that is the case we damn well better win against home against buffalo or we're, we're going to be in bad position come playoff time for seeding wise we're going to be on the road so we're definitely going to have to take care of business at home we beat the rams i think we beat them you know might be a 7 10 point game on the road you know come back home we beat a stout defense in buffalo i think we beat them by score but it's definitely going to be a nail-biter heading into um, another home game against Washington.
0: Yeah, speaking of Washington, we're, we're going to see Chase Young and, and Nick Bosa hopefully face off. And To me, this is an easy game for the Niners. They beat them last year. Obviously, the conditions, weather-wise, were not perfect uh, considering the Mud Bowl, but it gave us one of the best pictures and moments of the season, that being the defense sliding into the mud. Uh, but let's run through these last four games of the year. To me, let's check these things off. Redskins at home, a win. That Dallas game to me is just like that Bills game. I think Mike McCarthy, has he's familiar with the Niners, obviously. Maybe not Shanahan's offense, but Shanahan was in Washington for a long time. He was in Cleveland for a long time, and even Atlanta for a long time, while McCarthy was still a head coach with the Packers. So I do think there might be uh, more familiarity uh, with McCarthy, uh, then I think fans maybe are giving credit to, and like you said, Dallas and Philadelphia are gonna be one of the top two teams in the NFC season. and and it all depends on how well that offense runs, and you know, and how well Dak and, and Zeke are playing. You know, Zeke kind of had a down year last season, but when I look at this game, this is the game where Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw, no matter how great of a season they're having they have to prove to Niner fans who are still naysayers, they have to prove to NFL fans who said, why didn't San Francisco take C.D. Lamb? This is the game they had to say, look, Ayuk and Kinlaw were the right picks over C.D. Lamb. And I truly believe that if they do so, the Niners are going to go into the final two weeks of the year. They're going to have to play Arizona, which I think they lose that game in Arizona. Then they end the season with a win... Against Seattle, so the last four games I have them going three and one, and kind of ending that year on a high note, which is necessary for San Francisco to do. Hopefully with the number one seed and hopefully with the top record in the NFC. Yeah,
1: I'd see us winning a tough game at Dallas, Arizona. Like I said, if we're going to win that first game, I could see us losing that second game at Arizona. It's going to be a nail biter at the end, and then you got Seattle. It all depends what what's at stake in that game. You know, it's it's really hard with these week 17 games with starters being rested and so forth. So it might very well, that week 17 might come down to what happened in 2019. And, you know, for the division, that would be great. That really would be great at home. You get Seattle, hopefully we're, they're not returning the favor. We go ahead and win a division and land the top seed in the NFC. I can actually see us going three and one in those final four games.
0: For my final results, the low end, I see San Francisco finishing 10-6, and losing to the Seahawks, Cardinals, Bills, Cowboys, Saints, and Eagles. That being, you know, the worst-case scenario. This team is too good to be worse than that, in my opinion, unless an injury happens. Uh, the high end, I see them finishing 13-3, and uh, swapping games with Seattle and Arizona, then losing in New Orleans. But my final prediction is 12-4. and uh, I, I think they'll lose on the road, I truly believe all of their losses this year will be on the road. And that sounds insane, but I think they lose in New Orleans, they lose in Seattle and Arizona, and I do think they drop that game to Dallas just because it's one of the games at the end of the season. Some things fall apart, there's injuries. We know how Kyle Shanahan can kind of have that one really random flub game in the middle of the season or even at the end, like the Atlanta game, where things go wrong with fumbles and interceptions and, and late penalties and play-calling errors. But to me, San Francisco finishes 12-4. and four. It has one more loss in last season, nothing to be ashamed of. Didn't get as lucky as they got last season. But I think even with this team with one more loss, I do think the Niners are a team that, despite the, the worst record, could take the Lombardi trophy at the end of the season.
1: The prediction that you just said is what I have. Is like I said earlier, is twelve and four. I can't see it's going worse than eleven wins. Um, even though there's going to be eight games on the schedule that are really tough. Like I said earlier, you need to be healthy. You need some of these rookies to pan out. Like you said, Ayuk is he going to step up? Like I believe he is as well, Kinlaw. So we're going to see. We got a rookie in Jennings. He might be able to put you know give us some some kind of play this year. And if we land on twelve wins, we're probably going to have the number two seed. We'd have to really need Tampa Bay to really wreck, you know, New Orleans probably for both games to get the one seed with, with um, 12 wins. So it's definitely gonna be tough. You know, 12 and 4 is really is a really good season. If you look at it as a down season, regardless of the outcome, then 12 and 4, whether you're in the Super Bowl or you get knocked out of game, you know, in the NFC Championship game or whatever may be the case, it's I don't I can't say 12 and 4 is a, a down season. I just can't do it. It's
0: Let me ask you one final question. After last season losing, we all know the 10-point deficit Kansas City facing the 10-point comeback and kind of the fall apart the Niners had at the end of the season in the Super Bowl, is this season Super Bowl or bust for San Francisco?
1: Not at all. The only ones that are going to say Super Bowl or bust are the impatient people out there. We want a team that can constantly win year after year roll out 13 wins, 12 wins, even 11 wins, be competitive, get to Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl, obviously. The window is currently open. But if you look at that front office, they're doing everything right. They really, I mean, just the way you lose Staley to retirement and you upgraded the position. I love what they did by going to interior defensive line at pick 13 and then going and get a yak monster. And Ayuk, you know, you are putting the pieces in place. And if you look at the age, they're young. You know, we're going to start rolling into contracts with Kittle and Fred, Garoppolo a couple years after that. So, I mean, that's the only thing getting in our way. We, You know, we've been very smart with contracts, the way we moved on from Buckner. And I just love what this front office is doing. Fans got to understand, it's not Super Bowl robust. It's not that easy to win a Super Bowl. When was the last time we won a Super Bowl? All right, see how it's it's just not that easy. Look at Dallas. Last time they won a Super Bowl. If you have that attitude, then you are just some of those guys on Twitter that are more of like a gnat. You are just annoying the way they you know complain constantly on the timeline.
0: You can follow Coach Yak on Twitter at Yakovone Rick. That is at Y A C O V O N E. Rick, he's a great source for Niners news. And be sure to check out his work on the 4th and 9, which is where you can find all the latest Niner news. Coach Yak, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: That's all we have for today's show. So don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And tell your friends about 49ers Access. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. Instagram is at 49ers.access. Twitter at 49ers underscore access until next time my name is Sterling Bennett and stay faithful